0: I feel like I, if I leave that audio in, I have to explain why Aaron was talking about mics and there was just the sound of duct tape being yeah, ripped Yeah, I got...
1: <laughs> Gavin, I got flashbacks to the time that you showed me around your space station.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> I'll be completely honest, the duct tape sound effects were because the roll it's next to me doesn't have an even end to it, so I had to, like, pull out more (laughs) to rip off. I'm just wasting (laughs) duct tape to get a nice even end.
1: You're gonna ruin the efficacy of the stickiness, Gavin.
0: Uh, Ah, references. Will! (laughs) Yeah, hi. Would you like to intro us?
1: Sure! Um, Listener, you are listening to Tuned In Dialed Up. It's a podcast about podcasts. Uh, My name is Will Williams, and this week... Gavin and I are joined by Aaron Keon of Love and Luck. Ooh! Wow! Hi! It's me! We, it is you! Um, listeners who don't know, Love and Luck is an absolutely incredible show. Um, Aaron, actually, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and your work?
2: Uh, sure. So, my name is Aaron. Um, I'm the writer, producer, director, editor, everythinger uh, for <laughs> Love and Luck, uh, which yeah. is... A uh, sweet queer love story set here in Melbourne um, about two men who fall in love with each other and find they have magic powers and then use those powers to protect and c- support their community. Um, and the whole story is told via voicemails. Um, yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's it my very first podcast. It is fucking broadcast.
0: adorable, by the way. <laughs> like... It's
2: so good. It's so good. Um. Yes. I'm just being quiet when you compliment me because I don't know how to graciously take a compliment <laughs> via right. audio. I know how to do it in oh, person. Oh, yikes. But in audio, I'm just like, uh, uh thanks.
0: Smile and nod, right? You yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have a rough time here because I, I don't think it's going to stop there. <laughs> oh, that's right. right. You'll probably just hear me say thank you. That's very kind of you a lot. Perfect. Um, Perfect. We'll take it.
1: <laughs> so uh. to start us off this week... Um, we start off with a great thing that has happened to us, usually in the realm of podcasting, sometimes not, within the last two weeks. Um, Gavin, do you want to go God. first? <laughs>
0: Do you want to go first, Gavin? Do you want to go first, Gavin? Sure, I'll go first, Gavin. Yes, (laughs) uh, my shining moment of the last two weeks in podcasting has been uploading the trailer for Standard Docking Procedure. Not because this is me trying to backdoor plug something in the beginning of the show, but but purely because there has been such a consistent, uh, uh, kindly reaction to it that I have, I have yet to experience the audio drama community from a creator perspective.
1: Oh yeah. And now I'm
0: starting to get some of that. And again, this is, this might come off as me saying, people said nice things about me on the internet, but I also had 800 followers before doing the thing on the internet. You're also allowed to
2: like people saying nice things about you on the internet. That's, that's legit. I'm just
0: saying it it, it (laughs) feels nice to see people listen to this thing that I spent a few hours on and they aren't just like, well, that was stupid.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: Okay, so I'm I'm biased because I am in the, in the trailer.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not biased, and I thought it was great.
1: Yeah! Well, <laughs> yeah, and I will say, like, I am biased, but I also, like, I read the script before I agreed to be in it. Well, wait, hold up. No, I totally agreed the second Gavin was like, can you I, do a thing for me? I was
0: typing the sentence to say, okay. <laughs> here's the thing I was gonna send you the script for the pilot and that trailer to be like just read the whole thing so you just know I just don't go on a fucking tirade against gay people or something like you can know
1: I think Evan was like hey can you and I was like I would die for you <laughs> like But all that aside, I read the script, I guess, well, I guess before I recorded the the lines. Um, And it's so, it was so funny. And I just loved it so much. I laughed out loud several times reading the script. I showed my husband and he was like, oh, this is so good. And I was like, I know. It's great, y'all. And the show is going to be incredible.
0: Listener, I may be including. Uh, let's just say there's a bit in it where uh, uh, Will has to shout excitedly. Uh, I have an MP3 that is just five <laughs> takes of Will, one of which Will just goes Jeebles! I, do. <laughs> I have never Aww. had to um, like shout
1: for a, like an acting. Will, before. I love you. <laughs> It, right, it felt very uh, on-brand.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of on-brand, Will, what's happened to you in the past two weeks?
1: Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> well, I was on NPR. Fuck yeah, you were. It was awesome, I, too. Yeah, I um, am still processing it. I was on, specifically, WAMU show uh, 1A, and... Um, with joshua johnson it was i i was on to talk about the hope punk article that i wrote for polygon a while back um i got to talk about love and look for one i got to talk about accession and i got to talk about uh the far Meridian, and eli bratsa of the Farmeridian was actually on as well which was so nice it was a really great conversation um if you look up the 1a's the 1a podcast feed um, it's called do Get Your Hopes Up, which I thought was really fucking cute. <laughs> yeah. I saw that title and I was like, oh, they did a good job. That's great. Um, yeah, it was It was wild. It was really wild. I recorded at my... I recorded at the NPR station that I grew up listening to, like, wow. religiously. Oh, that's awesome. I know! It was... It, like, I, I walked in and I was like, don't cry, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really, really great. Um, And you were really yeah, so good that's... on it,
2: too. Like oh, thank you, were, you. You were extremely <laughs> articulate and, like... You made things very understandable and accessible, I felt.
1: Thank you. I was uh so panicked. <laughs> <laughs> but I luckily have uh, a lot of experience public speaking well, panicking, so <laughs> isn't
0: that isn't that just public speaking that's, really? Yeah, I was gonna say Ain't that's that a just the
1: way
2: <laughs> Aaron, what was your shining moment of these last two weeks? Um, so am I only allowed to have one? Like, no, have a bunch! Okay. Go for it. <laughs> so the short one that doesn't take as much explaining was that about a week ago, Love and Luck passed 100,000 downloads. So that's like... Well deserved! Wild. <laughs> Considering for context here, when I started Love and Luck, um, I was really hopeful that we might get 10,000 downloads by the end of season one. Um... We got like 60,000 downloads by the (laughs) end of season one. Hell Um, yeah. So it's a little bit mind-blowing. What's also kind of funny is that most of our audience is American. Yeah, Um, that's really interesting. 60% of our audience is in the USA. Um, Only 10% is Australian, uh, which is ironic, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that was uh, one, one of them. Um, I was also going to say your appearance on NPR, but you've done that so I can skip that. <laughs> also, um, so this might take a little bit of explanation because I've had this discussion with Americans before, but I'm really excited because the last uh, month or two that I've been listening to Australian podcasts, I've been hearing more and more podcasts include an acknowledgement of country in their recording.
1: Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, Please do explain for for American audiences and for non-Australian audiences. Um,
2: (laughs) Uh, So an acknowledgement of country um, at its very base level is a statement of acknowledgement of the indigenous people who like own this land correctly. Um, There are lots of different types of acknowledgement of country. Um it, like this is a common thing in Australian culture I, I need that to be clear about that this isn't just something a few people do like any government run event will usually have a, an acknowledgement of country or a welcome to country which is a whole other thing um so this is like a normal part of uh, in person events and meetings um what type of acknowledgement you give varies on your political uh, opinions Uh, For example, the acknowledgement that we included at uh, the end of Love and Luck Season 1, and it's on our website as well, um, includes acknowledgement of specifically the specific clans and nation that we are on, um, and also the fact that it is stolen land, and Mm -hmm. that sovereignty was not ceded. Um, The government doesn't like to do that bit, because then they'd have to admit that it's stolen. Um, Mm -hmm. But... Um, it just makes me really happy because I've been seeing more Australians putting more thought into the fact that we do live on stolen land and acknowledging the people whose land this rightfully is, acknowledging them specifically. For example, right now, I am broadcasting from Bunwarang land uh, on the Kulin Nation. Um, and it's just, it's it's good that, like an acknowledgement of country is kind of the least you can do. But the fact that people are doing it kind of, It makes me happy, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know how badly I explained that. Um.
1: (laughs) No, I think that made perfect sense. And I think Um. that that's something that a lot of Americans should be thinking about critically as well
2: yeah I actually don't I might if it's okay I might take this moment because I've had a couple of Americans ask me oh how can I do that like can you can you tell me about that and I'm like I really can't because this isn't a culturally Australian thing Right. Yeah. if you're American what I would recommend you do is get in touch with the actual people whose land you live on and say yes I would like to acknowledge you in whatever it is I'm doing what is the best way for me to do that
1: yeah absolutely um There should be a lot of resources for us to do that as well. Um, It's something worth looking into.
0: Not to tangent anything, but I do have a slight bit of like, not necessarily experience with this, but um, my grandmother was very much into genealogy and she um, latched on to her uh, Cherokee heritage. So I am in somewhat of a privileged perspective of, as a kid, she took me to powwows a lot. And one thing I can say is like, if what Aaron just said, you kind of rolled your eyes and go, where would I find that? Google it. There are yeah, so <laughs> many resources.
1: Also, you know, you depending on where you live, you'd be surprised how many different cultures, uh, basically land, you know, we have taken. Yep. Um, I think a lot of people think when a lot of people at least in the states sorry i actually don't feel comfortable going into that anymore uh, yep, okay. as
2: a white people yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and i mean that's the thing is i am a white people like i can talk about an acknowledgement of country because that is something all australians do um mm-hmm. but like at the end of the day i'm white like i'm not an expert right, right. <laughs> exactly yeah and i don't want to yeah so um
1: And actually with that, I think that actually segues pretty well um, into part of today's discussion. So we want to talk about casting calls a little bit more. So last week we had uh, Lisette Alvarez on to discuss casting calls and I took a role as kind of a de facto interviewer. And there was a question that I asked um, regarding casting calls um, requiring trans actors and the response to one being, well, wouldn't that require a trans actor to essentially out themselves? And I am very disappointed with myself, um, and embarrassed with how I handled that question. It did not come through very well on, on, you know, the episode. We didn't go into depth as well as we should have. And I want to make it clear that that was entirely my fault, and I'm very aware of that. Um, This was no fault of Gavin, or especially Lisette. Um, So first off, I want to apologize, and I want to say thank you for the patience that I have been given by anybody. I I don't take that lightly. So after the episode, um, Aaron was kind enough to discuss this with us on Twitter, um, which I really appreciated. I was feeling uncomfortable about it, and I'm really glad, Aaron, that you were comfortable um, talking to us about this and wanting to delve more into the subject, though, of course, I also want to talk with you about casting calls in general.
2: Yeah. So would you
1: prefer talking about the general first or diving into this question first?
2: Let's get into the question first, because I think Great. Um, like we're already there. So let's let's get comfortable. Um, For sure. Yeah. So like. As I mentioned to you, like, I brought it up on Twitter because, like, not because I was trying to, like, publicly shame you or anything like that. But I wanted to be, like, I wanted it to be, like, open about the fact mm-hmm. that I was a little uncomfortable with it. Um, yeah. And, like, as I've said to you both, like, I don't think it's because either of you were coming at it from a bad place or anything. Um, or, Like, I think it just came from... Uh, A position of well obviously we want to cast trans people as trans characters right so we're gonna talk assuming that Mm -hmm. um but the discussion kind of didn't discuss that part at all and while it's great that that's kind of and it is that's considered the default for most of our social group in podcasting and that's great unfortunately the the wider entertainment world is not so great about that um so the, the the reason why we cast trans people as trans characters is because historically, trans characters are almost universally portrayed by cis actors and specifically cis actors of the wrong gender. So mm-hmm. trans women will be played by cis men and trans men, when we get mentioned at all, get played by cis women. Like for instance,
1: this is uh, Dallas Buyers Club, right?
2: I haven't seen that, but probably. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't watch a lot of films that have trans characters that come out of Hollywood because, right? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find it upsetting. Um, and the reason that this is a problem because you might because the the classic thing, right, is well, we get cast the best person for the role and like, you know, all this kind of stuff. But the reason that this is a problem is because it's enforcing an idea that trans people are really truly the gender that we were assigned at birth and not the gender that we identify as yeah again that might sound like not very much like you might think oh it's just well well, who cares what people think of you right again the problem is that that becomes violence like Mm -hmm. trans men you know i mean which by the way i am a trans man so i'm speaking from that position um i am i'm not a trans woman i can speak to a broader trans experience but i am a trans man not a trans woman so that's important to note here mm-hmm. um the i uh, because trans women do have it worse on this front much worse like the, there is an idea that trans women are secretly men trying to trick people into thinking they're women and that is an attitude that gets them killed mm-hmm. um and <laughs> that is a, a very heavy topic to bring to this fun show about podcasting. And I'm a little bit sorry about that. But it's important though. Yeah. And, you know, it's because of this, you know, it can seem from the outside that we're complaining about very small things when we complain about things like trans actors not being cast, but there's this long sequence of trans actors not being cast directly leading to violence against us. Mm-hmm. And so one of the reasons that we need trans actors in trans roles is because you know we need people to stop seeing us as frauds because we're not you know um so that's the big picture thing there is also the fact that trans actors have a much harder time getting roles in anything than Mm -hmm. cis actors do um And so when you, I mean, not it's pretty rare that trans actors get cast as cis characters. So when you give a trans role to a cis actor, you have basically just taken a job away from a trans person. You're also removing a lot of the um, nuance that a trans actor will bring you because, you know, we have very unique experiences and we're going to know more about that than the usually cis person writing the story Mm -hmm. um obviously this this gets complicated when you have lots of trans people involved in your production like in love and luck i think about a third of the production team is trans so like it's kind of less of a thing because there's so many of us um but especially when you have a cis production team um it's really important to actually include trans people in the roles that they can play it also has a benefit of challenging people to think about what they associate with gender. You know, the classic thing is that, you know, trans men's voices are too high and trans women's voices are too low to play characters of those genders. But, I mean, those people are those genders. So mm-hmm. you can't go, well, no woman sounds like that when actually thousands of women <laughs> sound like that. So it's, it's really important as well just to push... The envelope and go actually we want our audience to think about what this means what it means to sound like a man or a woman now coming back to the casting thing i sort of went off a bit there sorry about that oh Um, no you're fine the reason that i was a little bit uncomfortable as well was that there was no discussion of how a closeted trans actor like a trans actor playing a trans character isn't just for the production team it's for the audience Like I said, I don't watch a lot of Hollywood movies, right? If a Hollywood movie has a trans person in it, I'm probably not going to watch it. Um, And that's because, like, I will do, uh, that'll be different if it's a trans person playing them. And so, while yes, obviously, privacy must be protected. And that's why I think, um, I can't remember which of you mentioned it, but stage names is a really good solution to this problem. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, like, just having a name that's just this person's name for the show, that's fantastic. But the reason that having an out trans actor, even if it's just that their stage name is out, playing a character is important, is because it tells a trans audience that they can feel comfortable with this piece of media. And most of us don't make art purely for self-expression. We make it so people can consume it. So it's important to remember the trans audience as much as you think of the trans production team. Because when we are producers, we do get stuck on our teams a lot. And we should, like, like, don't get me wrong. It's really important to have a, a diverse, like, and strong production team. But you also have to think about your audience, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Um, another, something I wanted to bring up as well. Um, Lisette uh, brought up the point that they don't think that the person who sent in that, that response to the casting call... Um, was doing so in good faith. They brought up the fact that this sounds like probably it was a troll, which is something that I yes. agree with. At no point did I did I think that the person um, who sent that in like. I know. agree. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I actually I do agree, but I still think it's worth discussing. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know,
1: like, I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to additionally get your your commentary on that. Is something that is that something you've seen any part of, or have any experience with, or just have any feedback for?
2: <laughs> um so i agree with you i think it was a troll because i don't i haven't really seen that kind of attitude from trans people i like i say i haven't really because i have seen it once or twice um it is definitely something that i have seen it is an extreme minority who think that way um and as i said there are ways around it like stage names are a perfect solution to both problems you get to keep your actors safe and you get your audience to understand that you have cast correctly um, honestly, <laughs> so, okay, so you might get, let, let's say you've put out a casting call, right? And you've, you're listing characters for trans actors only or whatever. You might get one or two of these emails or tweets or whatever. By contrast, I, so I have, uh, two, I think two trans women, um, and a few, quite a few non-binary people, um, involved in Love and Luck um and we get barrages of hate for that we like one of the reasons that we stopped like we used to tweet about um like LGBTIQA plus like days of visibility on the love and luck twitter account um yeah I had to stop that because every time we did it we just got drowned in hate um And I just couldn't handle it. And I was like, the world's just going to have to live without those posts from us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Understandably. And like when we would, you know, like when we're in production, we post photos of the team. Like we, you know, we, we, it's mark, it's basic marketing, right? You take photos of yourselves in the studio at rehearsals. Mm -hmm. Almost every time we do it, we have to block a few people who send (sighs) cruel messages to us based on what they think of the trans people involved in the project. And so, while yes, I think that there are a few people who think that, you know, you should, you should, like, not require out trans people to be trans characters, and you might get a little bit of flack for that. (laughs) It's kind of nothing compared to what you get if you do include them. And I I don't say that in a way to scare people off including them.
1: Right, of course. I say that to
2: prove how important it is that we include Mm -hmm. them. Yes. Because it's ridiculous that when whenever i post a picture of our team i get anxious and i start waiting Mm -hmm. for the first like waves of hate
0: can't i (sighs) (laughs) 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 eric uh i am like i am a cis straight white dude and while i'm working on standard docking procedure i have just been sitting here waiting for the day i'm gonna have to act like act as an in-between between between that shit and my actors like and it like everyone likes to act like podcasting's happy fun whatever but like that 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 shit we have to think about
2: yeah i think that that's sorry oh go ahead
1: Uh, um i think that that's one of the things that especially being part of our sort of social circle in the audio drama community is we do forget about these things often. And one thing that I really worry about is that we talk about audio drama and audio fiction, et cetera, et cetera, as this like happy, beautiful, shiny place of diversity and love. And in some ways it is, but one, even within our community, we can and should be doing better. Mm -hmm. Two, outside of that small social circle, that's not the case. And by saying audio drama and audio fiction is this sweet, perfect, happy place, I, I feel like we're excusing ourselves from dealing with the issues in you know, in our medium as a whole. And again, kind of patting ourselves on the back way more than we should be.
0: I I and I'm I'm sure you'll have a lot to speak to this, Aaron, but I do want to interject, like, it is really easy for me to kinda of settle back into the like two hundred ish active people in um this circle of audio drama people that will and by now myself have kind of built up, but like that shit's out there. Yeah. I, I try to intentionally click on tweets. I know are going to have shit in the comments just so I can kind of remind myself like Twitter is Twitter.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I appreciate that because also and this is depressing and uh, you know, full disclosure, I have no evidence for this. This is just based on a lifetime of experience. Um, mm-hmm. Gavin, you will probably get less shit for casting trans people than yep. I do. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, for And that's, that's one
0: thing like, <laughs> that's another thing is I am f- deathly fucking terrified that it's going to come off as I'm treating my not cishet actors like Pokemon, like, I've got a non-binary and trans actor, Mm. hey, Like, I cast the people I cast because they sound like the characters that I made up in my head. Well, okay, (laughs) but I want
2: to argue a little bit in favor of that. I don't think tokenism is bad. Like, certainly it has its downsides. But I would yes. much rather have a token trans actor in something than not have any trans actor in
0: something. Well, I, I will say that some actors were chosen because they were not mayonnaise, you know. Yeah,
2: I mean, for <laughs> like, example, audio drama them... has enough
0: of certain like people that it's fine. We don't need more straight white dudes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a, a mistake that I made with Love and Luck is my white privilege uh, quite uh, really blinded me. And our first production, like our first season was cast entirely white people. And I looked Mm. at that halfway through production and went, oh shit, I fucked up. Um, And so we only bought on People of Colour for season two. Um, That doesn't excuse it by any means, but this is like working to fix it. You work with what you work with. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, like... Bring it back to trans stuff because that's the stuff i'm qualified to talk about <laughs> um yeah like I, I like obviously having someone as a pure token is not great but there's a reason that tokenism became a thing in the first place and i think that the reasons for that are still sometimes valid um i, I think that yeah like god this makes me sound like i'm just defending all tokenism and i'm not trying to do that at no, all. no 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 <laughs> um i don't think it comes
1: across as that at all No, no, no.
2: yeah i just um I, I am very wary of the "we cast the right person" thing because that is, like, ninety-five percent of the time, the excuse people use to not hire diversively or cast yeah. diversively.
1: Right. Like, if you if you cast outside of what the character is, you that they're they're not they're not the right person. Yeah. They're not the best person.
0: Like <laughs> I, I think I should also stress for anyone who hasn't listened to the first casting call thing that uh, I, I was on with Lisette and Will uh, standard docking procedure is not written in the way a lot of audio drama is where there's like the scripts and then you cast. I do have scripts but I after initially writing it and giving characters pronouns and deciding their backgrounds and shit it started feeling weird uh, casting to that so mm-hmm. I have pre- I have purposely built the show so that I can build the characters around the actors as much as the actors are fulfilling some of the base qualities of those characters. So when we talk about like when I have mentioned that, that's where I'm coming from, it's not mm. necessarily like I have a list of people. yeah, these yeah, yeah. people fit., uh, but that's not a common way people go about right. casting.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. Like, I actually find that approach really interesting because we definitely don't do that with love and luck. Like, I fucking I yeah, post our we, casting calls. Can we go calls. into your
1: casting calls a bit? Sorry. Yeah, of course. Can we go into your casting calls a bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Awesome like, room. I they are they're really
2: good. I post a big ol' this character is these things. <laughs> like, therefore, it is I open that. to these kinds of people. Um, and I've been very happy because I was a bit worried we'd get some people trying to weasel in. But everyone has been really honorable about the calls we posted you know like we posted you know about um, like our our season two casting call there were two characters I think that were not race-locked we ended up casting people of color anyway um, because we prioritized them but yeah Um, and we got so many more auditions for those characters than for the other ones and that made me really happy because i was like oh people are actually like taking this seriously and following the instructions and like as i'm sure you both know people almost never follow instructions so (laughs) especially in casting calls especially in casting calls yeah i can imagine (laughs) Uh, can i tell my horror story (laughs) yes (laughs) please so this is for another project that uh isn't coming out until june next year um but we posted, uh, this was our first uh, foray into remote actors, and so we posted a casting call on Casting Call Club, um, and I am a fool and did not realize that the fact we were paying people would mean that we got many auditions. Um, we got. Oh, Erin. <laughs> we, we had 10 characters. We got 487 auditions. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I had to go through all of them. Oh Um, no! So the good news is, is that because... Are you okay? (laughs) That part's not the horror story, by the way. Oh, God. So the good news is, is that because we were, we needed good sound quality before anything else, I would go through the first five seconds of each one. And if it had shit quality, I would just be like, sorry, but we're looking for something higher quality. So Mm -hmm. that removed about half of them. Mm Mm-hmm um so my horror story and this isn't about uh representation but it's funny so we, uh, the whole team is australian um <laughs> uh, my my partner and i are the producers all the writers uh we had three other writers on the project are all australian we are all australian this is an australian production all the characters were written as australian however we said on the casting call like please like these characters are australian but this is like sci-fi in the future they can sound like anything um mm-hmm. I, and like people can have accents yeah like they can be yeah you know? oh yeah exactly i mean yeah like exactly like like you'll know like on other casting calls we've posted we have we straight up say we're, we're happy to accept people regardless of accent or speech difference like mm-hmm. you know so the one thing we didn't want and we this was in big letters was do not fake an australian accent <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we are australian <laughs> we will know and it will sound bad Oh. Do not do it. Just oh. use your natural voice. Just use your natural accent. We want to hear your natural voice. So about oh, Aaron. 80% of these fucking calls, people would do Australian fake Australian accent. The, the- oh no, I thought you were going to say
1: 80% were fine. Oh. No! <laughs> oh.
2: Will,
0: Will, <laughs> Will, I'm right here. <laughs> I just recorded. I just recorded an entire other podcast with Aaron right before we started this one. As soon as Aaron said, "Don't do a bad Australian accent," the back of my head was like, "Crikey!" <laughs>
2: <laughs> I See, I don't mind it if it's between friends because they're bad and I find them funny, but it doesn't yeah. help when I'm trying to cast for a fucking show. Right. <laughs> um, oh, sh- am I allowed to swear? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank yes. God, I'm Australian. Do you know I don't I know how to said not awkward. swear. <laughs> 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 so yeah and like i even had people message me and say hey i said i see that you wrote don't do an australian accent but i wanted to give it a try can i do my australian accent why <laughs> and i'm like why are people like this <laughs> And also, like please, voice actors, if you're listening, please don't fake an Australian accent. We notoriously have one of the hardest to do, like mm-hmm. and that's partially because we ah. it's weak as hell. like you put an Australian in another country for two years, it's gone. um yeah, so don't don't do that, like <laughs> don't send in fake accents if it specifically says, don't do fake accents, please, I'm begging you <laughs> like unless like yeah.
0: unless it's like something that is totally like okay, so I again. In my casting call, I had a character whose name's Carloni. He makes pizza. So I said, if you could give me a fun accent that's not fucking Italian, I will consider
1: it. And <laughs> like accents, did you get any?
0: He's Irish, so yeah. Hell yeah. Yes! <laughs> like, Carl- I-, I mean, oh. actually, he's from Texas, but Carloni's accent is, is Irish.
1: That's fantastic.
0: That's awesome. And it. It's a little bit. It's definitely not the best Irish accent in the world, but it's it's not a high, itty kind of Irish. So right, right. it's less um less.
2: Best. I mean, also Irish people don't sound like that generally anyway. So yeah, yeah. That's my problem with fake accents is that they don't sound like the actual thing. Because you have to
0: have the, there's like beats to it that aren't just a voice. Like if I start doing a Kentucky accent, it al- it doesn't require you to speak faster and there's different mouth shapes. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's not just like, oh, people from Kentucky say hi d instead of howdy like they do in Texas. Like there is some of that, but it also yeah. requires a certain kind of mouth shape that isn't necessary. Also, I have huge front teeth, which really benefits me there. It's kind of a Freddie Mercury thing, but with a weird accent.
2: <laughs> yeah and yeah. like also i find when people are trying to fake an accent they're basing it on a stereotype from 20 years ago
0: yes like,
2: it's never based on what people sound like now like that's one of the problems with australian accent like fake australian accents is because they all sound like fucking crocodile dundee like but we don't talk like that anymore like
1: yeah new york has this issue a lot too new york has moved from what i from what i know new york has moved to a lot more of american standard vernacular mm. um if people not, are still I'm doing like in here Right, which is also, like, usually people are doing more New Jersey than New York. Anyway, anyway, um, all of this is to say, holy shit, 80% of them yep. did that. So, oh, yeah. oh, my God.
2: Uh, yeah, people, uh, and I actually, this is an interesting thing I've encountered, because I've now put out a couple of casting calls, both for local actors and for remote actors, and I mm-hmm. find people are a lot less uh, careful with what they send in if they're remote. Like I think there's sort of a less Green. of a of an impetus to do it right if it's remote.
0: As an anxious person, that makes no sense in my brain. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've auditioned for three things, and it was probably the cleanest audio I've ever made in my life.
2: Right, <laughs> and that's another thing. It yeah, is that's bizarre. Is like, I, I think that I don't know. I think people have uh, an idea that whatever they send in will be fine. Like I actually had one person. So we're currently producing another show because I'm trying to become podcasts, George. Um, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're producing a, a radio talk show, a fictional radio talk show, where people will be calling in. And um, I've had a few people message me to say, like, hey, I don't have a microphone, but, like, I, I'll just <laughs> record it on my phone because, like, what? it'll be as a caller, right? And I'm trying to explain that, like, it's not a real show. <laughs> like, right. And also, <laughs> like...
1: Wrong. And isn't it like <laughs> it's like sci-fi in the future, right? Uh
2: no, this one uh, this one cuz we've got two shows in the works. Uh this one oh, is right. set in sort of modern it's, it's like an urban fantasy Australia. Um, it's urban fantasy. Yeah.
0: Should I should I bleak, <laughs> should I believe the sci-fi in the future thing she just no, said? No, no, no. Okay, so both much. of these okay. things
2: they haven't been officially announced, but I'm not, we're not hiding this information at this point. Okay. We're we're past the like secret stage. Um, we just yeah, because <laughs> the one I was thinking of had a casting
1: call on my site. Like, mm. its name is out there at least a little in some capacity. Yes.
2: yeah, exactly. Like the one the one you've got up is for um, supernatural sexuality with Doctor Seabrook. Yeah, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Supersex Radio. Um, <laughs> it's that's
0: a really good handle. Oh, oh my god, handle.
2: I, Y'all, I was so happy when I found out that was free. <laughs> like you don't even know. Um, and yeah, that's that's still early and like we're only finalizing scripts now. Um, So that's why there haven't been any big announcements. Um, And I forgot what I was talking about.
1: Well, why don't we why don't we open up discussion a little bit to uh, what do you think makes a great casting call? Like what are the what are the biggest points that you think need to be hit?
2: So most of our casting calls have been, I think, pretty uh, low text compared to a lot I've seen. Um, I think that it's important that you say what kind of actor you need for a role, what the role is. Um, can you can you explain a little bit more what kind of actor you need? I was about to let me get through my list. I oh, promise. sorry. I promise I've got a, I've got a thing. So yeah, I was going to expand. So yeah, we need what kind of actor you want, what kind of character it is, what kind of voice you want for the character, and how much that character is going to get paid, like how much sorry the actor is going to get paid, and what the recording process will be like. So when talking about what kind of actor we want. That is where we get to, like, the diversity stuff, you know, Um, where we, Mm -hmm. if we are casting for a disabled character, we will cast a disabled person. Um, If Mm -hmm. we are casting a trans character, we exclusively cast trans people. I will die on this hill. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, The great irony in that, by the way, is that the trans protagonist of Love and Luck is played by my cis partner because originally when I wrote it, I was going to be voicing that character. Uh, But then we both recorded like a test and it sounded garbage. And then we switched characters and it was like, oh no, this is right. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) nah. Um, But that was a scope issue. So yeah. So we we cast like, certainly like any kind of marginalization that's important to the character. Things like age, um, like all of, not all of our shows, uh, but most of our shows have been 18 plus only. Um, Trying to think what else. Um, local and remote is a big thing. Like, as I said, we, Love and Luck is entirely a local production, like, and I like it that way. Um, it's kind of a community project at this point. Um, so if it's local, then you need to live somewhere that you can come to rehearsals and recording, or you need to travel for those things. Um, whereas remote, that's less important. Um, yeah, like that's kind of it. We don't have a lot of, like our casting calls don't tend to have a lot of, um, requirements we do Mm -hmm. make special note uh, to encourage trans people uh, and disabled people and people of color uh to audition we also try to encourage people with any kind of accent and any kind of speech difference to audition because Mm -hmm. i know from experience if i don't see that laid out i'll think i'm not welcome Mm -hmm. so that's why we specifically say like yes if you are these things please audition we would love to hear it Uh, Because something that I don't hear a lot of um, in audio drama, and I think it's a shame, is people with speech differences. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a very strong focus on, like, perfectly crystal clear enunciation. And that is good. Um, And I think that overall, that's a good thing to look for. But it comes at the expense of locking out a huge number of disabled people from Mm -hmm. auditioning. Um, and if people are like, but then they're hard to understand. I'm like, well, you have transcripts, don't you? Like, exactly. Exactly. Um, make the abled people use the transcripts for a change. Yep. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're very, like, we always put on it. Like we want people of all accents, all nationalities, like all kinds of like speech differences, because if that's not there in black and white, I find people will think they're not welcome. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a thing. So in terms of what type of character it is, we give pretty minimal info, especially on like Love and Luck, which we are very secretive about plot points on. Um, so we'll generally just give like a name or sometimes we just give initials. For season two, there were two characters who just had initials um, because they hadn't been named at that point because they were Kickstarter rewards to name those characters. So mm. like we couldn't give them a name in casting because we were casting before the Kickstarter would be done. Right um so like it was you know there was like js and um js stood for jason's sister and what was the other one? Oh, mb which stood for mystery butch um <laughs> <laughs> so like we usually put a name or an initial if we don't have a name we'll give like a sentence about the character like just enough to kind of get an idea of who they are like you know it's a woman who works as a nurse or it's a, you know, something like that. Uh, Like in Love and Luck, Mm -hmm. we because it's a queer show, it's always things like, you know, a trans woman who does this or something. Um, But then that's not as important as I think the next thing, which is what kind of voice we want for the character, because that's the really important thing. So like we do things like we write a thing like uh, we're looking for a very rich and warm voice for this character, or we're looking for a very mature professional voice for this character or we're looking for a sort of a, a busy, excited voice for this character. Like, we do that kind of thing a lot uh, because that gives people a little bit of direction on not just how the emotion should sound, but what, like, implications we want their character to have through the vocals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can cast against that by the way (laughs) like sometimes you get an audition and you're like oh never mind you're perfect (laughs) um like (laughs) that definitely happens but it's it's a good guide and i mean that's what casting calls are really they're a guide for who you Mm -hmm. want to audition for this character um yeah so then we just list how much they get paid um and then we not usually in specific in the character section, but at some point in the casting call because we usually do like a big paragraph or two above the like characters where we're like, this Mm -hmm. is the project. Here's how we're recording it. Um, Here's anything else you need to know. So with like Love and Luck, we have like we'll be recording at this location on this day of the week, probably in these months. Um, Whereas like for Super Sex Radio, we've got like, we will cast you and then we'll send you the script and then you'll send it like your lines to us. And then we'll get any retakes we need. And then like, we'll pay you on final lines. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I love that you say when you're yeah. going to pay the actors. I have seen that so rarely. And I think that that is, I, that seems important. Yeah. To know.
2: That is. <laughs> yeah. Like we pay, we pay our local actors on their final recording session and we pay remotes once we've received all the lines. Like, yeah, um yeah, we do. We, we generally say that on the casting. Um, Love that. Love it. Yeah. I think that's every, about everything. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: do you think? Um, I mean, what do you think makes a terrible casting call?
2: Not saying whether it's paid or not. Yep. Uh, yep. That's a big uh-huh. one. Um, uh-huh. It's fine if it's not paid. Just say that. <laughs> um, right, right. Be be upfront about yeah, it. Um, like, it, just be upfront about that um no oh god no deadline i see that one a lot and it drives me crazy (laughs) yeah um like please tell me when i need to have my auditions in like i mean i don't audition for many things but my partner does and like Mm -hmm. a lot of like sometimes there are rolling auditions um and that's fine like especially for things that are still in production i think rolling auditions can be fine but i still think even if the deadline is a year from now (laughs) I still think having a deadline is useful because if I load up a casting call that doesn't have a deadline, I go, oh, how old is this page? Like, I don't know when this call happened, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. if there's no date, what if I'm reading a casting call from five years ago? You know, it's hard to tell.
1: for people who are looking, do not assume that because the call is still up, it's still active. As someone who posts casting calls i don't check that shit Mm. like ever so there are things on there that are very old because i have other shit to do yeah so look for dates and and if it seems like it's been there for a while um if it's like under some newer stuff um reach out to the people who are doing the casting and just you know ask hey are you still looking to cast these
2: and don't reach out to will she doesn't know
1: I don't know. I don't make the shows, guys. I don't make
2: them. They're not
1: mine. I don't want the emails. <laughs> Other emails.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. Like put a deadline. No, a lack of deadline is a big sign of a bad casting call for me. Yes. Um, what else? I think those are the worst ones by far. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, sides that have no emotional direction. Um. Oh, yeah. Because if you just have a line, but you don't tell me how I'm supposed to be feeling when I do that line, I mean, that that doesn't... How am I, I going to give you my best performance if I don't know what you're looking for? Oh, right? no,
0: it can't be. Yeah,
2: like... Okay, so let's use that as an example, right? So you got, oh, no, it can't be, right? That could be, oh, no, it, it can't be. Or it could be, oh, no, it can't be. Like, there's so much variance. Right. Like, you've got to tell me how the character's feeling. Um, like, we, we go a little bit overboard in some of ours. We add a lot of emotion notes to our um, sides, but we do that because this is how we gauge whether they sound right for the character. Because we know right. what the character is going to need to sound like, we know what emotions they're going to hit. So we need to know that we can match an actor who can do that, you know?
1: I feel like that <laughs> also um, helps show, like, the range that that actor is going to be yes. it. like, you may be able to get somebody who can, who can pull a great drama, but doesn't have great comedic timing and that could fuck you over you know one of the um... i'm, I'm
2: glad sorry go on Gavin. i was just
0: I, this is stupid i was just I'm glad to hear you give a lot of emotional <laughs> uh feedback there i think there was one point uh for the character humphrey which ty coker is a uh, voice acting ty is great um I, I just straight up told uh ty um my note on you when uh, i was going through all the auditions for your role was marty mcfly as fuck and i just want to let you know that's what got you the role he's like i will take that into consideration
2: that's fantastic yeah i i i sometimes feel like the scripts i give out don't have enough emotion notes but i recently like i've been reading some scripts that other people do recently and i'm like oh no never mind i i write a lot of emotion notes. (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> yeah so like and also like speaking about the range like one of the characters that we cast who still hasn't appeared in the show and she's a secret and i'm mad about it because she's my favorite and i need everyone to meet her um she's not appearing for like six more weeks um oh. Oh. i know it's killing me it's killing you it's killing me i had to cast yeah. this woman back in like bloody december or something <laughs> um wait like a year ago yeah we have we run on a long cycle so oh <sighs>
0: Um, you think that's bad? One of my voice actors uh, contributed to Red Dead Redemption Two and recorded their lines in 2016. Yeah. Oh, for geez. season.
2: Well, just, so sorry. Go on. I was gonna. I was gonna say. So tell us about this. This character. This <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm. I'm not gonna give too much away, but like she has almost as much dialogue as me and Lee do in the season. Oh wow. Um, she's very important. Um, she's also very personally important for reasons that I can't go into because spoilers. Um. <laughs> but casting her I was like okay we need a really we need someone with a lot of range uh to pull off this character so her sides we had like an introspective one an angry one a really sad one and I think we might have even had a fourth one but we needed all those different ones because these were all notes that this character is going to have to hit um Mm -hmm. in the show and that was like that was also the hardest character to cast by the way um i'm sure it
1: uh, sounds like but
2: we cast good so <laughs> we got nick rumery remember <laughs> her name you all are gonna want to hire her eventually um and her name once more nick rumery great she's uh a indigenous woman here and she doesn't really have a microphone at home but whatever email her i'll record her on my shit um she is absolutely amazing um and i Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I've just made Taito into the I'm-so-excited-for-six-weeks-from-now show, but, like... Uh, you know what? We are, too. Ooh, <laughs> she's so good! She's just... i so excited. <laughs> I love it. It's like, okay, so... uh, Behind-the-scenes a bit. So the way we produce it is I edit the show, and then Lee does the transcriptions and captioning. And mm-hmm. um, there are... So because I edit the show, that means I listen to the lines about 10,000 times. um, uh-huh. And they lose all possible emotive like reaction in me because you just become numb um there are some parts of hers that still make me cry um and like lee is like doing transcriptions and sometimes he'll just come in and he's like i cried because nick was doing a thing i'm like i know know." (laughs) like she's just She's so good. I love her so much. (laughs) Anyway. I can't wait to be wrecked. (laughs) Oh, she's going to just ruin everyone. She ruined... I'm ready. She is the one actor who we did... There was one of her uh, messages where we recorded it. First take, there is literally B-roll of me screaming, fuck, like, and just going, that's it. I don't need a second take. That was perfect. Like wow she's just incredible um so yeah nick rummery at me (laughs) like if you have jobs for her because like she's so good (laughs) um so back to casting calls sorry yes no you (laughs) did i forgot what i was talking about again
1: well, is there anything else that you wanted to say about casting calls? What makes one one good or bad or things to consider before we jump into our recommendations for this week?
2: So, yeah, actually, I have um, one more thing. So this isn't like for everyone. Yeah. Um, this is very uh, dependent, but we use fake sides for our uh, casting calls. Yes. Can you?
1: Can, so can you explain? Um, actually, I think that we went into what a side was. Um, Signs on the lines you read for an audition. Week. Yeah. yeah. And fake sides are, are used pretty
2: frequently. Can you explain why? So uh, we use fake ones because often the lines that will get us to f- hear the like emotion we need, like we were talking about, we need actors who can hit certain emotive sounds and notes. The lines that do that are often huge spoilers <laughs> for <Yeah>. the story, <laughs> um, especially for Nick's character. <laughs> um, so... When we come up against a character, it's it's often easier for me to just write a fake line that gets the emotion that I need than it is for me to go through a huge script. And I mean, Love and Luck scripts are, season two is 62,000 words. Like, I don't want to go through that whole thing for sides. Um, no. So, A, it's easier on me writing the sides. It's also, it means we can hit any kind of emotional reaction we need without giving away huge plot points. And considering that we make all our actors sign confidentiality deeds, that's kind of important. Um, It's less important, for example, the uh, casting call, the first one we did for remote actors for Nim. that was, um, those were real sides for that one, because Mm -hmm. none of the lines gave away the whole story. Like, they were just lines.
1: Actually, real quick, um, confidentiality deeds for American people, um,
2: NDAs. Oh, yes, sorry. (laughs) Just to put that out there. Yes, you call them NDAs. We call them confidentiality deeds. Um, So, yeah. So, like, if if the story isn't all given away, then it doesn't really matter. Um, So we just use real lines. Um, And then we have things like with Super Sex Radio where we're we're not casting specific characters. What we're doing is we have a casting call just for actors and then we will match up actors to characters. Um, And for that one, we don't have real lines to give them because we're not... Giving them a real character to audition for, so we right. have to use fake lines there because there's literally nothing else to give them. Right, right, yeah, makes sense. So yeah, we've done we've done any. All of
0: them. <laughs> 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 we need to do. Gavin, do you have?
2: Money. Oh god.
0: <laughs> uh, Aaron, you mentioned something earlier that reminded me of a friend we both have, uh, who got fucked over um, trying to be. Uh, polite and elegant about yeah. the money, exchanging hands, freelance situation. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Hey, what's uh, up? Yeah. Pay your
2: fucking actors. Like, pay, pay your, your actors. Fucking like, actors. Like obviously, if you can't afford it, and that, and you're upfront about that, and you're like, this is a voluntary fund project, that's fine. But if you say you're going to pay actors, you need to pay your actors, like, and you need to do it timely.
0: So we have one more casting call thing to touch on here.
2: Yeah. Now, this is actually kind of both for writers and auditioners, I guess, because one thing that we get a lot of messages about during the length of the casting call is people saying, hey, have you listened to my audition yet? Or hey, why well, haven't heard back yet? Um, on Casting Call Club, for example, the person who submits an audition can actually see whether or not it's been listened to by the uh, person who made the call. So we get a lot of like, oh, wow. how come you haven't listened to my audition? And the reason that we don't listen is because we're very aware of bias. Because yep. if I mm. listen to one audition now, and then in a week I listen to an audition for the same character, that's going to have colored my opinion of both of those auditions. Oh, it's score creep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is this is something that's uh, really prominent in... I, I guess it's kind of different, but like in slam poetry, there's something called score mm. creep where the earlier poets will always be rated way harder than the later poets. And it's because you've been around poetry more. Score creep. Yeah. Yeah. It can go
2: that way or it can go the other way where you hear the first one and then you've decided that I guess that's what it sounds like. And so you don't pay enough attention to the ones that come later. So like we are, and like, so we, we've ended up, we haven't had to on most of our calls, but on Nim, we did have to put up a thing that was like, just for the record, the reason we haven't listened yet is because we don't want to bias ourselves for or against you. Like, you know i mean mm-hmm. we still have to listen to them in a certain order because that's how linear time works but like you know <laughs> we do it all on one day so that at least everything is fresh in our minds. like it's actually one of the hardest parts of production is when we do casting we cast on one day like we go through all the auditions on one day and just make decisions then because we don't want to come back to it Um, And obviously you don't need to be as extreme as us, like, (laughs) um, we're, look, we take our hobby very seriously, Um, but yeah, like, so, so if there are people who are auditioning and wondering why they haven't heard back, if the window is still open, we haven't even listened to it yet, like, we're waiting until everyone gets their auditions in before we listen to the auditions. That's what I did.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I, I can imagine um, that also, like, hey, hey actors,
2: don't <laughs> message. Like, don't listen to my
1: actor. <laughs> listen to my voice reel.
2: Yeah. Like, I, I don't mind. Like, I have occasionally gotten confirmations of, hey, did you get it? And I am totally fine with those because I understand it can be kind yeah. of scary to send something off and not hear anything back.
0: Yep. Um, hey, and yeah. I'll say this one of the best fucking auditions I got. I wouldn't have seen unless they were like, hey, did you get it? Because in the like message chain of, hey, did you get it? Was there audition that did not come through?
2: Yeah. Oh, dang. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, follow-ups are fine, but just like, yeah. just make it a, hey, did you get it? Don't be a, why haven't you gotten back to me? Like, yeah. you know, we're Yikes. busy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, with that, Shall we move into our recommendations this week? Of
0: course. Yeah, I have mixed feelings. I almost said that with a French accent. Don't know why. Just going to apologize anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Gavin, you sounded so enthusiastic. Do you want to go first? Oh, yes.
0: Okay, so my first one um, is a fun uh, little bit of uh, experimental journalism. Uh, This podcast is a uh, a rare... Oh, wait, hold up. Yes.
1: Sorry. Real quick. Uh-huh. Um, you said first one, but because there's three of us, we're all oh, doing wait, one. Oh, wait,
0: yeah. I only get one. Um, Sorry. Uh, also, w- way to break the format, Will. Now we know which one's are the podcasts.
2: <laughs> I think, let's, let's be honest. Sing. It hasn't been that, like, surreptitious the last few episodes. No. Like- <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so my recommendation today is a podcast in which a journalist who's been on NPR a few a uh, few times uh who's a real big fan of spicy food finds out that they are related to a eminent professor who has been on the search for this mythical animal that supposedly has the blandest taste of anything ever on the face of the planet and there, there are some people that believe in there's some people that don't and it's a it's a very contentious thing careers are ruined over it i would like to recommend to you a podcast uh called mild uh, thing
2: yep <laughs> god damn it hey gavin I got it a second before hey gavin <laughs> yes go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> i hate you oh and you're grounded god. get out <laughs>
0: Alright, my actual recommendation, and I do want to preface this by saying I've only listened to one episode of this show, but fuck me, it was a good episode. Um, There is a podcast from Lunar Light Studio called The Good Boys Girls, and on its surface, it is a podcast in which two girlfriends talk about... Uh, Here's their Twitter description. Two girlfriends critically analyze and gush about why the McElroys are so enjoyable to them and millions of other fans. That's what it is on the surface. But the newest episode as of this recording is one called, um, I think it's called No Bummers. Let me pull it up here. Episode 9, No Bummers, parentheses, examining controversy. And... This is them talking about some of the more controversial sticking points of listening, uh, of being a fan of McElroy content, be it old jokes on My Brother My Brother and Me that did not age well, um, and that they have apologized for and moved forward from, to the whole still buffering Facebook thing. Mm -hmm. I clicked on it because I want, because quite frankly, I'm a horrible person who likes hearing and reading about drama, But Gavin loves the gossip. I'm a a horrible person, but they, (laughs) (laughs) but this is just such a wonderful. (sighs) Let's just, okay. So Lily blue Lennox and Haley Rose are the two hosts. Um, they uh, are both gay, uh, one is a trans woman, one is just an uh, uh, unabashedly gay woman. They are super affectionate and nice to each other. Um, they are both white, they both could have talked about this, and no one would have raised a fucking eyebrow, probably. Uh, but they also acknowledged their privilege and brought on a person of color to basically run the episode as the and get that perspective because the McElroy fandom was so shockingly well not shockingly blindingly white um they wanted to get that when while they could not do an episode about um some of the more yikesy parts of the fandom without getting that person of color perspective and it is just it's over two hours i think it's a really good pod it's a really good moment in podcasting like they talk about this shit in a sober clear way they make sure they they're very clear on their points it's entertaining shit um occasionally they get affectionate and it's adorable and i love it so yeah uh the title of that show is the good boys girls i need to listen to the episodes that are like more on breakfast <laughs> podcast but (laughs) this one single one was so brilliant I had to just bring it up today
1: yeah I I still need to listen to that episode but I'm
2: really excited to dig into it I listened to it as well it it was really good um it was really like because yeah I kind of went in kind of a bit worried that it was going to be a lot of like drama um and it just Mm -hmm. isn't Mm -hmm. at all like it's a very peaceful very thoughtful reflective episode that's so great
0: also, it's really weird. I know I'm a person who reviews podcasts, but it's really weird to hear anybody I know say, yeah, I listen to that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You don't understand, Kevin, I'm always listening to everything. <laughs> Me and Lise, well, we, actually, we legitimately, we split podcasts between us so that we can cover more ground. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's
0: brilliant so on that note aaron what do you got for us today so
2: i wanted to uh recommend a podcast called spun stories or spun true stories um so this is something that i very much doubt any of your listeners will have heard of um it is a so spun stories is actually a storytelling night up in darwin darwin is the capital city of the northern territory here in australia it is it is up the top end it is at the top bit of australia it is very tropical um half of it, some of it's very tropical some of it's very outback and the show is produced by uh uh Joanna bell and jess ong who are just the most amazing women doing some of the most amazing stuff in podcasting i could talk about them forever um and it's it's yeah it's a storytelling night so that doesn't sound like a lot it's it's literally people get up and tell a story about their lives for you know two to five minutes um And they started it because there's a lot of stereotypes about people who live up the top end and about people who live in the outback. And there's a lot of like misconceptions about what life is actually like and what kinds of people live in Darwin and sort of live around there. So they wanted to get people together to show just how varied um, like that life in the top end can be like and it's just it's beautifully produced like you you the only reason you know it's recorded live is because you can hear the audience but the sound quality is mm. amazing um which is no small feat um it's just really beautiful there are all kinds of stories from all kinds of people um it's nice they're nice short episodes they're very bite-sized they're like you know three to like eight minutes i think
1: oh wow very um, bite-sized. very
2: bite-sized so you can crunch through a lot of them um, or just, you know, every now and then when you want to sack. Um, it's just, it's beautiful. All the people are very beautiful. It's a very human. I, I just, I can't describe it very well, but it's just so beautiful. And you, you listen to so many different types of people. And some of these people have lives that you wouldn't hear about otherwise. So if you want yeah. to learn a bit more about what people are actually like in sort of more outback in Tropic Australia, Australia like, this is a good place to start because you're going to be hearing it from them like, in their own place and it's just beautiful, there are there are stories about identity and love and loss and everything, it's just beautiful so that's Spun Suscribe. True Stories
1: Spun Stories and, Aaron, I gotta ask <laughs> mm-hmm. do you have a pun for us?
2: Okay, wow, so- that was... <laughs>
0: That was very <laughs> Helen Zaltzman of
2: you, and I appreciate that. So, all right, let's fucking do it. Um, <laughs> we are. So excited. I just want to say, Aaron, if you really don't, you don't have to. Okay, but. Don't listen.
0: I, I, I you get, must. I, I get that there's some of the comedy is like, oh, I hate, like, hate punch. Okay. But I'm just saying, like, real talk.
2: I, pre- I appreciate that and it occurs to me that I haven't told you both this but real talk me hating puns is something that I consent to people teasing me with like affectionate teasing is a very common thing in a lot of places but especially in Australia it gotcha. can get a little bit mean the pun thing is not mean it doesn't actually hurt me I do actually okay. dislike puns that is true but like <laughs> it, it does not hurt me this is this is fun consensual teasing it's fine good um, good Okay, so, I actually want to tell you about an abandoned podcast. okay? It, it was made, but unfortunately it had to be cancelled, um and its cancellation gave it its title as well. So this is this is a little bit sad to admit, but me and Ellie uh, actually started a podcast together mm-hmm. um, where we were gonna we were gonna talk to podcasters about podcasting, you know, and like just kind of like, delve into some interesting topics and stuff like that and there were going to be no puns it was going to be beautiful we were going to be free from you gremlins (laughs) unfortunately for us every guest that we brought onto the show just kept making puns just just constantly (laughs) so you know we we would be like you can't do that here you're grounded like go to your room like go it's over there but they wouldn't go so we would just be like okay just please just be quiet then just stop but they wouldn't so eventually we had to sort of get brooms and kind of like shoo people into the room to be grounded because they just wouldn't fucking go and like even once they were in there we'd shut the door and we could hear them through the door so (laughs) our whole podcast was just ruined because people just kept going so the whole cancelled project was called Sheared in shut up
0: <laughs> alright
2: if, if anyone wants to
0: go back to my twitter on uh, December 12th 2018 you will find a tweet from me that is me typing out I typed out a list of what where I thought this pun was going to go so I could play like <laughs> oh, I figured it out when you. and none of them the plus I got is tuned in riled up
2: <laughs> oh that's good though
0: I, oh, had sp- I had I had dialed up, Nooned in, <laughs> dialed up, and tuned in, riled up.
1: <laughs> Gavin tuned in, riled up is mine. <laughs> I
2: had I did have another Damn one. It. I did have another one that was going to be. Um, huh uh, First, th- this 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 went through some workshopping. Um, so originally it was going to be pun in, shut up. Um, but then that wasn't good enough. Then I thought of maybe changing it to being a, a podcast where Ellie and I were tortured to listen to puns and that was going to be, uh, <laughs> punned in tied up. Um, and then I did a bit more workshopping and that's where we ended <laughs> with shoot and show. Love <laughs> it. Love it. <laughs> so I hope you're all fucking happy. Especially <laughs> you, Lee. Um, <laughs> cause I haven't told him what I was going to do. He knew I was going to do one, but he didn't know what, so. Oh, that's going to be great. <laughs> With
1: that, because it got spoiled, even though I chose it, I was very happy. Uh, Can I do my pun? Of course. And just be blatant. You must. So, this one comes from Katie. Um, Katie, tried and true gremlin, um, who was a saint for For a while. (laughs) (laughs) For now. She writes So, I stumbled onto this podcast that I think is super important right now, but also really fun about it. The two hosts have this really lovely banter, and they're approaching the current news reporting in America in a very educational, informative, unbiased way in the first half of each episode. And in the second half of the episode, they just get fucking—oh, I'm sorry, not they—they don't get fucking drunk, (laughs) though I'm adding that, that's fun. They just— fucking dunk on whatever politician or pundit or news anchor stepped in most recently they absolutely let loose and it's hilarious to listen to but you're still somehow learning just from the way they do it it's called tuned in riled up
2: <laughs>
0: so
1: thank you katie i love that one
0: <laughs> i'm glad i didn't delete that tweet now which has one like and i'm very sorry to uh... <laughs> i'm very sorry to barbie was right um that probably makes zero Oh, sense. lucy
1: yeah
0: oh that's lucy yeah ah, yeah it's lucy i fucking suck at <laughs> handles on twitter y'all i'm sorry uh it's okay I, I i appreciate lucy's like i question if lucy understands the context
1: we'll see yeah we'll see uh, so my actual recommendation um for this episode is going to be yannis descending um yannis descending is Written by the incredible Jordan Cobb. It stars Jordan and Anthony Olivieri from 2298. Because he doesn't have enough shit to do, right? I know. I know. Um, Yeah, yeah, Anthony has been in and has worked on many, many things. And what it is, is it is a sci-fi horror show. um, And it is told from the perspective of two people uh, working on a team. But what's really, really cool is that... One of their stories starts at the beginning, as, you know, stories do. The other starts at the end. So you're getting these alternating episodes from places in the timeline, and they're eventually, I assume, going to meet in the middle. So you get um, Jordan's character, Chell, and, you know, she's talking about this... um, the shop site they're going on and you know she kind of has some apprehension but she's also talking about Peter uh her you know her partner and and doing kind of like these audio logs to him and it's very sweet and it's very affectionate and you're like oh okay interesting and then the next episode you get you get Peter's perspective and it is a fucking nightmare and you have no idea why (laughs) it is so cool um it is designed so well and and the sound designer um is is julia Shafini doing her first design Locked work and she here. is yeah she is killing it it's so good um just really fantastic horror the setup is brilliant and jordan's writing and anthony's acting and jordan's acting it's just uh, it's so good it's so good so that is Giannis descending and it's spelled j-a-n-u-s descending
0: I thought you had a lot more time on that one, so. I <laughs> on <them. laughs>
2: well, thank you, Will. I thought that was an excellent recommendation. Uh, no, thank that you, wasn't yeah. really.
0: also. Now, also, now I have a framework on how to pronounce the title.
1: <laughs> yes, they—they also—they—they they say in the podcast, don't you worry? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Erin, thank-, thank you so much for being here. I, again, I really I I appreciate. All, all of the things. And I appreciate you so much. Oh, that, like, Right back at
2: you. Thank you so much for having me. Aww. Like, It, sh- it
0: should fun. be a testament to uh, how wonderful a person Aaron is. Aaron sat down and recorded an entire other podcast with me
2: before doing this. <laughs> I like to uh, talk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Please always give me, let me, let me talk. You found the right Please, medium. Everyone have me on your show. I, just at me. <laughs> just be like, hey, Aaron, be on my show. I'll be like, cool. Don't DM me. <laughs> Don't DM uh, me. Just at me. <laughs>
0: <no>. <laughs> Speaking of Aaron, where could people find you on the internet? So if people
2: want to at me t- for me to be on their show um, or just chat to me, you can find me on Twitter as at at erin kyan e-r-i-n-k-y-a-n you can find out more about me via my website uh, erinkyan.com com. that has a lot of my spoken word audio my poetry uh, as well as links to all my podcasts the games i've made zines i make all kinds of things um love and luck which is the currently running podcast that i produce uh you can find out more about that at love podcast.com um uh, my partner and I are producing it together as a studio called Passive Pez Productions. If you would like to be kept in the loop on things we are making, you can sign up to a mailing list to find out about that via our website, passivealpez.com. That's P A S S E R V U L P E S dot com.
1: Lovely. Gavin, where can people find you on the internet?
2: People can find me on Twitter
0: at The Pod Report. If you want to hear more about that um, sci fi sitcom that I had Will. Be in a trailer for. You can check it out at dockingpod.com dot com. d o c k i n g p o d. dot com. The trailer has a transcript, so I am not full of myself when I give um, audio drama producers shit for not having transcripts because my fucking trailers have transcripts.
2: Uh, I love <laughs> getting on people's wanna... case about transcripts because we have fucking captions as well as transcripts. So, like, yeah, don't argue. Yeah, <laughs> <Like, laughs> <laughs>
0: do do at arid for other things um yes yeah <laughs> dockingpod.com, dockingpod.com. and you can find my ramblings and reviews podcast at thepodreport.wordpress.com.
1: yeah you can find me at at will w, w. writes um, on twitter you can find me at will reviews you can find me on discover pods and the podcast host and sometimes Hollygon mm-hmm. and you can find the show at at tuned and dialed up and on our website, uh, dialeduppodcast.wordpress.com. I did
2: it! Yeah, I did it! <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, for, for those of you who are waiting on results um, for from the sound up, we should have those, I think, well in advance of when this episode drops. Yeah. If you did not receive a response from us, please let us know, um, and we will be in talks with the finalists and the winners soon. So thank you for your patience. I'm really excited to be getting into that. And, yeah, thank you all again. This
2: has been a very good time. It has been a very good time. Thank you so much for
0: joining us, Aaron. Thank you for um, having me.
2: Thank you for making such a wonderful
0: show. Thank you so much. Let us all hope that we hear about PodCon panels (laughs) very soon. Bye! Bye! (laughs) 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 Uh, I thought I'd get one last sigh out of
1: it. Zing! Zinger. (laughs)